I don't think it's raining near me, though. I still can't hear it. It is pouring here. This is a real-time weather report. The, the diversity <laughs> of L.A. weather. It's raining at Tina's. You can hear it, maybe. I don't know if everyone can hear it. I mean, I can hear it because I got my headphones going. But, uh, yeah. but I don't know if everyone can hear it. But welcome to Status Crew. <laughs> I am Ron Flacone. <laughs> and I'm Tina Desiree Berg. Today is Monday, January 9th, 2023. Lots to talk about, um, starting with an attempted coup in Brazil from the far-right fascist that really, I'm gonna call it deja coup. I didn't come up with that, I'm stealing it, but it's pretty funny. I'm sure I, it's out there, yeah. I'm sure that's, I mean, it's it's still, yeah, it's very clever, but yeah. It's very clever. That, that's uh, out yeah. there. It's well, out there, we, Marion. Let's, let's start with the picture. Well, wait, no, we didn't finish the yes. preview, I'm sorry. Like, like so we got, right. we're, we're gonna be talking Brazil. Uh, we're gonna be talking, uh, AOC had some things to say about how progressives work within the party and uh we're gonna kind of dissect that it's in relation of course to the uh the speakership thing with kevin mccarthy and how the freedom caucus uh withheld their votes and uh we thought they should have done that before with pelosi and they didn't so you know she she had some things to say on msnbc and on our instagram we're gonna be going through that and a nurse's strike is happening in new york and uh john farina was on the ground covering that we're gonna watch some of that so Brazil basically had their version of January 6th. I'm sure you guys have heard stuff about this already, but they had, um, yeah, they got in too. Should we go to some of the footage? Yeah, let's play some of this, uh, some of these clips. So yeah, so they came up, they had a protest that was scheduled in very much the same way they broke police barricades around the Capitol, went into the Capitol, their equivalent of the Capitol building there, the presidential palace, the whole nine yards. So let's, um, Colin, let's play a couple of these clips so people can see what happened. O STF completamente destruído. Olha isso. Chovendo aqui dentro. Uma destruição em todos os andares. Vou tentar subir aqui, caralho, tá um cheiro de pimenta. Muito forte. And I think there's one more I pulled. So that last one, they're actually pulling a police officer off the back of a horse and beating the crap out of him. So a lot of similarity that we saw with uh, the January 6th uh, insurrection here in the United States. Um, But what if I told you that this is where we are at globally, global fascism, that there's uh, connections between what happened here in the United States on January 6th and what is going on in Brazil currently. And we've had a buildup towards this as um, we did here in the United States. This didn't just kind of surface in the last couple of months, right? You know, it really does say something about our Overton window though, before we continue, like let's keep it by. So a bunch of fascists had an insurrection because Brazil elected a leftist. In the United States, you know, a, a bunch of fascists had an insurrection. Why? Because the United States elected a neocon. Just, just to put it in perspective. Just to put <laughs> it in neocon, perspective. right. Yeah, no, you're it, not kidding. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't their first choice of a neocon, so they were very, very angry. <laughs> it's like, 
Like how, like, like for someone because they want a fascist. Weird. They want what they want. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the. Um, they got one though. It's just a more subtle one. They got a, a more, more subtle, subtle one. one with Joe Biden. I mean, that 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 was kind of like just the aside I'm, I'm I'm getting at here, where it's just like, how amazing is it? If someone didn't know anything about the United States, right. and, and they just like fell into our so-called democracy, and they were just like, so what are these people angry about? Well, well, they're the right wingers, and the guy who won, what what is? He. Also a right winger. He's just not a fascist. I mean, these guys want. Fascism. He is a fascist, but but yeah, I mean, we could we could sugarcoat it if you want, but he is. A I'm fascist. gonna sugarcoat. I don't think Biden's a fascist. I don't. I think he is, but I know, think he's that, a neocon. You think he's What's a fascist? The difference? There is What's a difference. The difference. Not we'll have to table really. that for another day. Yeah, mm, come on. Now. I think you're. I think there's just some <laughs> aesthetic differences. That's about it. That's about All right. it. All right. Um, I wanted to play one other video because I want to highlight something here about what's happening in Brazil. They are using the same exact playbook that uh, the Trump supporters use in this country, right? So the first thing is to delegitimize uh, the real election, the outcome, right? So he didn't actually win the election. Um, the problem is the voting machines. The problem is this, right? So that's first put out there, floated around. Then it becomes um, the reality is I'm the freedom fighter if, I, if I'm going to fight to overturn this illegitimate election, right? So our guy didn't win, it's, it's illegitimate, I don't like it. So it was false, it was fraud. Um, I'm gonna fight for my freedom now by, you know, by putting my guy in. So, I mean, there's a whole psychology that happens here, but I wanted to play this one video. And again, some of the signs you'll see are in English, so it's not all in Portuguese. Also, uh, it's but a this, dark and stormy night. It's a dark... <laughs> I'm just saying dark, that, I could like hear the rain. Can really. you, can you rain, guys hear yeah. the rain? If, tell us in the chat, can you hear Tina's rain? Tina is streaming from a tent. That's how I, dedicated she is. She's in a tent in her yard because that's just where the internet was strongest. It, it's right. when it rains in LA, things get weird, and it's raining in LA. And and right. Tina's uh, this tent in my front yard is where I get the best the best Wi-Fi. So I'll see you there, and you can hear the rain. You can hear that, yeah. It's wild, have it right through the roof. It's just really heavy rain. It's practically hail, maybe. Anyway, well, here's, um, here's the thing too. I, I always have to reiterate this. The very definition of bad journalism, well, there's a lot of definitions, but but I think a very poignant one is when you start with the conclusion. Right. And 100%. that is what happens here time and time again. Like, like it's not like, you know, if, if you're going to bring about some issues with our voting machine, oh, I can't speak for Brazil, but if you're going to talk about the United States, like, yeah, that's a fair uh critique but when you just start throwing factors out there that yes well they're factors but then you use that to be like well and that means this but yeah. there's no evidence of the this you're talking about no and in fact there's That's things the in very... place to prevent that so to me the argument can be and i and i agree with this should this uh, code be proprietary to these corporations? Absolutely, it should not. I think that's really messed up. That should, it should right. not be that way. But you know, having said that, if we have to go through and do a paper ballot recount, we can do that because in mo most places now, uh, people that work on election integrity issues have you know put those been able to get those laws in place. Right. Um, but having and said I that, I think Brazil's more secure than we are in the first place. I would imagine so. Yeah. I so think they are. So, but that doesn't matter, right, Ron? This is about them forming a narrative. And Steve Bannon and company, who are, which I'm going to take you through this today, who are part and parcel to this, they know that. He, they don't care. He wasn't care. on top of it, Steve Bannon? Oh, yeah, he 100% was. He's, he's been having, he's been talking on his show, but the he didn't, he didn't about just Brazil for months. 
He didn't get just give the straight story? No. Really? <laughs> All right. I'm shocked. Shocker. <laughs> All right, let me play. I want to play this one clip, though. This is um, where they're talking about, though, demanding the source code uh, in the legitimacy of the election itself. So let's play that for a sec. So, you know, what's interesting to me about that is, and I agree, like they, I think it's legitimate to want to not have a private corporation have the source code for voter integrity. Right. I, I think that's a, a reasonable demand. But at this point, I think even if they did get that, they would still find a way to say that the election's illegitimate, right? Because that's not their end game. The end game really isn't to get election integrity or the so- source code. It's just to put their guy in, in the office. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You know- so, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. That, yeah. So I want to talk about um, relationship between Steve Bannon and some of the players in Brazil and how this relates to global fascism, right? So the first guy I want to talk about is Matthew um, Tiermont. He has been on the war room for a long time. He's a guy that used to work at Project Veritas. Um, he's got he's got a really robust getter account. You'll see him on other Rumble shows. So he's very much ingrained with all of the neo-fascists here in the United States and, and the Trump team. Um, so he was on, um, I want to play this clip. He was on Matthew or uh, Steve Bannon's show, War Room, about a month ago, talking about Brazil. Now, mind you, this is before, you know, a month before what we're seeing today happen o- over the weekend. But he was even saying back then that the uh, election is illegitimate, blah, blah, blah. So here he is talking about military aspects of what could happen in Brazil. So I want to play this. Um, starting, this was on Rumble. Um, starting about three fifty one. Colin, can you play that? Uh, Tell me, real quick, hold on, real quick. The Marias thing about the the it was this just a marginal person or was this this is not the big event itself though, right? Not, no, this is just everything is leading up to what we are perceiving to be a big event. And, you know, all these things are comprised of a mosaic of granular data, data points. Yesterday, there was video of a very high elite SWAT team chanting, watch out, you bastards. JB is still president. And they had crosses uh, attached to their to their backs. They looked like something like a, a 21st century movie depicting the Crusades in Brazil. Just another data point that now police and military men, they're protesting, they're marching, they're being very vocal. Protests outside military headquarters in Brasilia, the Brazil chanting, the Brazilian people authorized President Bolsonaro to in using the military. We did late yesterday. Article 142 is not unconstitutional. And Brazil will not be communist, and we have the mechanisms to fight back against a communist incursion. And, of course, we talked about the other general, general, citing the historical reference points of 1935, 1954, 1965, other times of sort of uh, uh, high volatility, communist insurgencies, coup attempts in Brazil. So all these things, I think, are leading up to a culminating point. And then Lula crosses a Rubicon yesterday. I think they are so sure. Marias is starting to feel the pressure, but Lula is such in a bubble thinking, you know, talking to the other communist leaders of South America, mutual admiration society. And he released the names of who he's nominating to replace all the generals in high command. 
So you've got this overhang of the military could invoke Article 142 and stabilize society, go in and actually take control. And Lula's naming the names of who he's going to replace them with. That is a very hubristic and arrogant act. And if you're a general currently in high command, what are you saying to yourself? Not on my watch. I'm not going to sign my own death warrant. I'm not going to allow got, my, you, my commie sympathizer. We got a minute to break. Give me a minute on what you anticipate. What should people be looking for, sir, over the weekend? Another general said, "Load up on cash, food, and gas publicly." Uh, the day before yesterday, that's gone viral in Brazil. People are doing that. They're loading up on cash, food, and gas. There is a perception after seeing the military uh, tanks and armored personnel character carriers around the, all over the country and strategic points and chokeholds. The firefights in the favelas with Venezuelan uh, paramilitary groups with Venezuela saying we're going to go in like Chile, like Peru, and fight for Lula. While they're the the, the websites crashed on the reservist expansion. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get into the reserves and fight. Uh, I think that Friday night would be a very interesting moment uh, for something kinetic to occur. I certainly think something is happening. We'll look forward to having you back on tomorrow. How do people follow you in the interim, sir? At Matthew Tiermond, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D, Twitter, Getter, War Room, and the New York Young Republican Gala. Thank you, brother. Go to the site, New York Young Republican. I think you sold out a ticket. All right. <clears throat> So notice he's talking about, he kind of reverses the conversation. Lula is going to replace this person with his guy kind of rhetoric, and that's, like, unacceptable to him. Yeah, <clears throat> and I like hostile. he's making it out like that's such, like, oh, like that's you unusual. <laughs> that when a like, president comes in, they replace the people that the last president had. Can you imagine? Can horror. you imagine that? There might be a president with a different ideology than a previous one. And the reason there might be a new president is because more people picked that new one over the other one. The horror. Like, what are you? That's that's life, dude. Those are elections. That is what happens when you have elections in a democracy every few years. But. But this is how far, like you said earlier, the over 10 window has moved to the right. These guys want fascism and they're not going to accept anything but that. You know, Ali Alexander, who is the uh, one of the starters of Stop the Steal movement here in the United States, you know, he came out, you know, we played this video a few months ago, came out and said, if I don't like the way an election turns out, then it's illegitimate. But that's not how this works, right? So these guys all go around saying, I want more freedom, my freedom, civil liberty, Yay, we're the party of freedom. Don't tread on me. But they're not. I mean, they're just showing us their asses with this stuff. All right. I wanted to play one more Bannon clip because I also think it shows where Bannon was out uh, a month ago on this. So he's been talking about Brazil for months and months on his uh, show. So this is the one from November, Colin. Look in the streets of Brazil. Look at the great patriots in Brazil that had a lot of danger to themselves have come forward in the streets of Brazil. And quite frankly, as much as I love the Bolsonaros, and Eduardo, I think, is going to speak tomorrow, and there's no better man on this globe than Eduardo Bolsonaro or his father. In Brazil, it's gone beyond the Bolsonaros. This is the people saying, no, you didn't follow the Constitution. You used these machines, you used the judiciary to shut us down in the media, and we're not going to tolerate it. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Same in the United States. You know, the people like Kerry Lake are not going to give up, and I use as a warning in the great fight that you guys have in front of you, both for the cultural issues, for the political issues and the economic issues, once they start taking 
in digitizing the, the elections. Once they start going to machines where you can't get paper ballot, you don't have proof of ID, you take it away from the precincts and they start to centralize it in collection centers. That's all done for one reason. That's to consistently steal elections because they know they don't have the backing of the people. So again, we have some of the same talking points, right? Digitizing election centers. And in reality, a lot of the things that we've done in this direction have made our elections sounder. I mean, we've now added laws where there are paper ballots. So even though we have digital elections, if we have to go back and do a recount, which we actually had to do you know, after the Trump election, we have the ability to do so. And that wasn't necessarily the case back in 2016 in every state. So I wish people would listen to more Greg Palace in the world than they do some of these other folks, somebody that really is working on issues of election integrity, uh, because the way this is um, coming from the right isn't entirely accurate. And there are problems in the country, but they're not talking about those problems. They're indeed making many of the problems we have with voter suppression worse. Um, but I digress. Uh, Ron, did you have any comments on that? I mean, yeah, it's just the same playbook like it's literally the same, same thing playbook. that happened here and, and i mean I, I think all these things are connected like we live in a kind of post-truth society a post-fact right. society I, I think especially here in the united states i mean i, I don't think you're ever going to see a presidential election that goes like un right. i don't want to say uncontested because that but but like like uncontested to like an extreme level ever again like i just don't think it's gonna happen because there's just so much and by the way like there are some real and valid concerns out there especially in the united states like, like there are i mean it, it's kind of funny you bring up greg palace you know when 2016 happened we heard about russia 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 24 7. Yeah. meanwhile you know a bunch of roles were purged in places like Detroit, Michigan. Right. You know, that was probably, I mean, that that could have been the big difference in that state. I'm not saying I know Hillary would have won it. I have no idea. And you yeah. know, God knows I'm no Hillary Clinton fan. But I'm just saying, like, they, they purged a ton of people. Greg Palace showed that. That's literally what happened. Nobody yeah, they've been doing it in Georgia. So, and just so people clear what they... Georgia, Right. Purging the purging these roles is something that True the Vote's been doing. Right. So they're so these folks have a legitimate right to vote. They're being purged from roles because they'll say, like, there's one guy named Jose Garcia and they'll find 200 Jose Garcia's, even though this is a very common name. And if they spent any time looking at this, they would realize it was different people, different middle name, different address. They're all legitimate voters, but they all get purged through this challenge. And then in order for them to vote, they have to go through all jump through a bunch of loops to get their ability back to vote. So that does affect the outcome of election because not everybody's going to be able to go through these hoops. And they know that. Right. And it's so, all bullshit. Like, like you it's said, it's completely all bullshit. bullshit. So when these like, guys whine, like, yeah, when these guys whine about election integrity because they want to install a fascist while they're while doing the, this sort of activity, it's really messed up. Right. All right. Let's get back to uh, Brazil, though. Uh, so I wanted to talk about uh, Jason Miller, too, who has also been going on and on about Brazil for many months now. And in fact, we have to we can go back to 2021. I'm going to take you back for a moment in time here to <clears throat> to this uh, 2020, 21. You'll remember there were riots in Brazil by the Bolsonaro guys uh, that kind of broke out. And I think some of this has led from where we are, from uh, what happened in 2021 today has like direct connections. So I wanted to play a video um, 
of Jason Miller on Steve Bannon's show from September of 2021. Let's play this. So I want to bring in Jason Miller, who's live and been down there with President Bolsonaro and Getter. Tell us, give us a political update. What's happening there and what's your feel for what's happening on the ground, Jason? Well, Steve, great to be with you this evening. I'm glad that you're covering Brazil, where we are. Uh, obviously, we launched Getter just 60 days ago, and Brazil is already the second largest country for us by users, approximately about 15%. We have over a quarter million people uh, from the great country of Brazil who've joined the platform uh, to actually embrace their free speech rights. But what I see here, Steve, is so much love and so much enthusiasm for free speech. And they're especially uh, the folks who are the Bolsonaro supporters um, are being deplatformed, they're being shadow banned, they have the, uh, the long arm of the law. I mean, it's, it's uh, some pretty nutty stuff. Uh, but one of the things that we're always going to stand for, Steve, is free speech, the ability for folks to express their beliefs. And in fact, I had a great conversation with a member of, uh, of their Congress uh, just the other night, uh, talking about how they're writing what effectively would be their version of a First Amendment for free speech rights. And I think that's one thing is Americans, too often we take for granted uh, the aspect of free speech. But Steve, they're talking upwards of a half million uh, proud patriots who will be uh, showing their uh, solidarity with their country members in the 199th uh, anniversary of their independence tomorrow in just in Brasilia. Uh, I've heard they're expecting potentially a million in Sao Paulo, uh, even more in uh, additional folks joining in Rio. This is the excitement wow. is here. It's Steve, let me put it this way. This is like going to the biggest 4th of July party you have ever seen, except 10 times bigger. And it's uh, it's amazing just to, the, the excitement, energy. I love these people. It's great. So while he was down there in Brazil, he actually was picked up uh, for undemocratic acts. I want to uh, put his statement up on the screen so people do? can read this. Um, this afternoon, my traveling party was questioned for three hours at the airport in Brasilia after having attended this weekend's CPAC Brazil conference, we were uh, we were not they, accused of huh? Ooh, Jesus. Yeah, we were. I know, oh, they, they, wait, the CPAC's <laughs> going international. Oh my God. Yes, uh, when I when I talk of a global fascist regime, this is what we're talking about. It very much, it's not just the United States. Um, we were not accused of any wrongdoing and told only that we that they wanted to talk. We informed them that we had nothing to say and were eventually released to fly back to the United States. Our goal of sharing free speech around the world continues. Jason Miller, CEO Getter. So he has also been a uh, former Trump. You know, it sounds uh, like he was just questioned and he freaking went nuts. Right. Pretty much. That, I mean, what is the point of this guy? I mean, first of all, like, like how many of these things do they there's that. What's that other one like Gab or whatever? So yeah. there's Gab. There's what's what's the difference between those two? I'd say I, Gab I is know, like, worse. You, Andrew Torba is the CEO. What do you mean I by think, worse? Like, what's it? Why do they both exist? What's the fucking point of them? Like, like I don't get it. Like, it's a what's grift. The point of them? It's a free, well, yeah, it's a but, free I mean, speech like, grift. But how? Like, are there different people on each of them? Like, like what? Uh, like, no, like, I'd probably like, say what? it's the same crew. But I would say more the neo Nazis are on Gab. If you want to. You okay. Know. All right. I, I, Okay, I, I mean, I'm just like, like, what is the point of these? Like, I mean, you'll li you'll literally see people with like swastikas in their handles and whatnot. On Gap. Yeah. So, so, so Gitter is the more incognito. Yeah, one, maybe it's like and, there's, and maybe there's somebody that might less. have a better opinion on that than I do, but yeah, that's kind of how it strikes me. All right, I mean, because I, I honestly don't like, I'm not on either one, so I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm just like, why do these things freaking exist? <laughs> 
and I'm not like like I don't know anything about well I, well, I know just the basics and from like stuff that you've uh, researched and whatnot. But but it's just like how many of these freaking things do you need? Like 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 what? I mean, and this is coming from a guy who's on Twitter and Mastodon and Instagram and and you know I mean. Uh, we're all on a bunch of things, but, but I just, he's like, we are committed to free speech. It's like, you know what? I'm so tired of people using that as a buzzword when they think it's free annoying. speech. They don't know mean, what free speech is. Yeah. They don't know they what free want- speech is. I love free speech too, but you know what? I love it so much that I actually read the freaking laws. I understand <laughs> how free speech works. I understand what the rules are. And I understand different countries have different laws around free speech. That's right. Like, I understand that, too. I understand that the laws in the United States are different than other countries. Uh, I can't say which is the best and which isn't. I really don't know. But I know that I think our free speech laws are pretty freaking good. Ours but are again, pretty robust. Our I know Amendment. what they are. Yeah. I right. know He's- what they freaking are. I mean, I can't name all nine things off the top of my head. But, but I can name the gist of it where it's just like, well, this is what you can't do. This is how this works. You know, I, I don't think that like, oh, I'm going to go uh, if, if somebody doesn't want to put me in a newspaper, my free speech laws would be. No, that's not no. how it freaking works. If somebody doesn't want to advertise on my podcast, they're violating my free. No, that's right. not how it works. <laughs> that's not what it is. Like uh, <laughs> the advertiser one is the funny one to me. It's like that's the funniest one. That like, is the funniest really? one. I was like, I'm going to run with that. I'm going to run with that. I'm going to I'm going to email every advertiser in the country and be like, would you like to advertise on my podcast? And when I say say no, no, I'd be like, please stop violating my free speech. Right. You are. You'll hear from my attorney. Right. I I mean, it's it's, oh, I'm so tired. No, they just they just want to be able to use hate speech any way they want and not have any criticism for what they say. That's basically when they just want an echo chamber. Right. Like like 100 percent. Like a lot of people, they're just like, they just oh, my paper. free speech rights were, were violated. Like, it's like, oh, was it that? Or was it just you posted a bunch of racist shit and, and a bunch that. of people said, hey, we don't appreciate your racist shit. shit which, exactly. by the way, you know what that is? Free, free speech. speech. That's free <laughs> speech. That's what that is. So you want right. to save space for your racist shit. Oh, you're, you're yeah. so persecuted. Like, what the hell? So he's just going on about these buzzwords that someone asks him questions at an airport and he freaks out. Like, it's like, why? Why? (laughs) Why is this person? So anyway. Why, why, why? All right. So then this morning we had some breaking news. Um, I'm not sure that we have an update on this yet, but the federal deputy Erica Hilton has officially submitted a request to the foreign minister to initiate the extradition of Jair Bolsonaro from the United States. Now, Mm -hmm. Bolsonaro is in Florida and has been. He has um, a stomach ache. But he's also in the hospital, apparently, according to his wife. Yes, because he has a stomach ache. Yes. Now, now here's the thing. I will say, so, all right. So, so they they ordered that they started the wheels going on the extradition of him. Yes. And then all of a sudden, oh, he has a stomach ache and he's in the hospital. Now, I would say, man, I really smell bullshit there. But Tina, here's the thing. He did go to KFC, and he he's did. not from the United States. So I, I know. I feel like it might be kind of legit. I feel like maybe, he went to KFC. Is there, they, was there a... wasn't he wasn't he talking about it? He went to KFC, or, oh, or he went that. to somewhere terrible. He's been, he's been eating American food is my point. So I think that maybe two things are true at the same time here. He might legit be having some stomach issues. Politics aside, dude's from Brazil. He's eating our American shit. Stomach issues may be legit. I'm just saying. All right. Okay. That's funny. All right. But, 
We'll see. So that I mean, is that is what's going on with that situation. I think there's more to come, obviously. But I really wanted to just sort of loosely discuss the connections between the, the fascists here in the United States and abroad because they do coordinate with each other. They do talk. A lot of the organizing that hap- happens happens online in like Telegram chat rooms, Gab, whatnot. Uh, not know, on Gitter, and, though. Is Gitter? Gitter's just not Gitter's as big not of a for deal. planning. Is that the thing? Is it which Telegram one's the is, biggest one? Telegram would be for planning because uh, or Signal because you can have you know DM rooms that are private where everybody okay. else can't see them, and then you can also associate those private D rooms with public chat rooms where you can put the public stuff. So, oftentimes, uh, and plus they don't really regulate Telegram in the same way. There's no advertisers on there in the same way you would have with like Twitter per se. So there's no concern for brand safety. Um, they don't care if people get bullied, right? So Telegram's kind of the wild west of social media uh, platforms. So what's bigger? Is Gitter the smallest of the, you know? I actually the, don't know. You don't I, know? I, okay. I would think I yes. Mean, I, I just don't. I don't have the actual data on that, but I'd say the preferable one, though, is Telegram. All right. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, they... So is it over now? Like, is it pretty much like just has it fizzled out now? It, yeah, that's, like all well, this that part has been yeah. going on over the the past day and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we've had the buildup and the shutdown of that. And they've started. I know they've started to make some arrests and whatnot. Because so they we'll were see. making arrests prior, like they were yeah. having to make three arrests because people were planning stuff. You know, like I mean, I mean, someone had like a bunch of weapons in their house and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's like they were making they were making pre arrests. But, you know, I guess the uh, the 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 January 6th reenactment happened anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> January wow. 6th reenactment. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they based it. I mean, they literally had similar guards. No, I know. You know? I, yeah, I, mean, I know. The shaman thing. I hadn't seen that. That's wild. It is. I mean, uh, it's, you know, elections happen and, and sometimes your preferred candidate doesn't win. And, and that's just how it goes. And, and if you. You know, if you have fake elections like we have in the United States, you know, like you, you have to just try to navigate it the best you can, because there's always going to be shady things that happen. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean you can just make up the whole thing being not real if you don't have any evidence supporting that. You know, yeah. you can't just be like, oh, well, well, this it's not I I. I I'm not going to accept the election results if my person doesn't win. Well, based on what? Well, based on all this that happens all the time. Well, yeah, but you can't you can't just start with that conclusion. That's not how it works. Like, you don't get to do that. But that's where we're at. You have to have evidence of things. They don't want evidence. And they know that there's no evidence. They don't care. They're trying to, you know, the people that are on the propaganda side, the media side, like, you know, the Steve Bannons, they know there's that Trump lost the election. They know that. That's not the point, right? The point is, is they want to get their politics forwarded in any way they possibly can. And even if that means overturning uh, what, you know, our democracy, so to speak. So that's just but that's that's where we're at and it's it's a global problem it's not just here in the united states and i don't think um i think we're going to see more of this in 2024. oh hell yeah i i I, we're going to see it every single president i i don't i think we're going to see it indefinitely as far as presidential elections go we'll see it in 2024 if we do one in 2028 we'll see it then 
and until either of- Musk or Bezos just gets appointed emperor, I think <laughs> right? we'll see it. And then, then after that, it's like, well, the mask is completely off. We got an emperor now. But uh, but until then, which I think could be as early as 28. Until you then, know, though. Until then, but still, I think part of and parcel to this conversation is the erosion of public trust in our entities, right? Not just not just Congress, but also SCOTUS uh, and whatnot. Yeah. This is this is contributing to to the problem, right? I mean, these but all of these institutions need public buy-in in order to function properly. And here's when the we, rub, though: they don't know. deserve public trust. I don't disagree That's with you. Rub. I think I think the SCOTUS Supreme has shown Court itself to be totally to be, legitimate. I mean, yeah. the Supreme Court. There's no reason for it to exist. It is a freaking right. train wreck. It is a scam. It is. It, it is. The Supreme Court is to the law what pizza is to a vegetable. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, and and it's a, it's a shame because like. I'm not against the idea of, of high functioning federal courts, but that's not what we have with the Supreme Court. Not yeah, we not have, at this point. Not that. It's Nowhere been very close. Extremely politicized uh, in a bad way. I, I I think we have multiple justices that are not um, not at a good not not should not be there serving. They're not up to the job. So no, I think I think but I think the, the what we're seeing here is this decline of of public institutions for this reason. And this is going along with uh, rabid income inequality. So it's the perfect storm for fascism to be breeding in, and that's what's happening. So Brazil, I guess we'll see how all that unfolds. Yeah. Let's, uh, should we do AOC next or the nurses? Let's strike? do the nurses next. Let's do uh, the nurses. 7,000 nurses. 7,000 nurses are on strike in for two New York City hospitals, um, asking for, you know, more of the same, better pay, better working conditions. Um, I think a big issue with nurses is they need more staffing. Uh, too many patients, not enough nurses. They're overworked. And also there's a danger there. If there's not enough staffing, uh, the likelihood of something getting uh, something happening wrong, going wrong, is, is higher, especially when you're working long hours in hospitals. Uh, yeah, I think so- that's, a, that's pretty much uh, this is where we are as a society. Hey, is it a bad idea to have our hospitals understaffed? Gee, I don't right. know. What do you think? Do you think that's a bad idea? I think it's, it's a very bad idea. It's so ridiculous. It like, is ridiculous. Like, and it's been it's been ridiculous for the past couple years. Like all of the all and it, it goes beyond, you know, nurses and doctors. Of course, they're on the list, but basically all of our essential workers, how we just kind of uh, didn't get them the support they need, didn't get right. them. Uh, better rotations didn't like do what we needed to do to keep people safe and now like I mean so many people have literally left the field right so a, a lot of nurses like they're not nurses anymore because it freaking broke them and pretty yeah. much everyone is like like I need a sabbatical I need something now, now part of that is just like a public health crisis is amidst us obviously but it's more than that it's also that we didn't do diddly poo to prepare for said public health crisis or to mitigate it or to, you know, handle it properly. We, we just basically said, hey, nurses, work to the bone. Who cares about your safety? And, and I mean, it's just a disaster. Yeah. So um, I think we have John Farina was there covering the start of the strike this morning. Let's play some of that video footage. Nurses will never trade in a patients for money. What we are here is for safe staffing, is for Mount Sinai to provide ratios to the contract and staffing enforcement. Is it accurate to say that you walked away from the table at 1 a.m.? Is it accurate to say that the nurses walked away from the table at 1 a.m.? 
it's accurate to say that we were not getting anywhere at 1 a.m. We were making some progress, but we didn't make a lot of progress. And the nurses here are asking for Mount Sinai to be accountable. And let me say, first and foremost, today being a big healthcare day from City Hall to here at Mount Sinai, that conversation starts and ends with our workers, with our nurses on the front lines sacrificing every single day. And let me tell you, in addition to having nurses in my own family, I represent the district that was the epicenter of the epicenter of the pandemic with Elmhurst Hospital just a few blocks away. I know how our nurses showed up every single day. They're abusing the care that they have for these patients, knowing that they don't want to do anything to harm their, pa their, their patients. And I know that. I want to shout out my sister, Janine Williams, who's a nursing practitioner at Morningside. Uh, up on the postpartum floors, it's uh, one to three couplets. So that's baby and mom, so essentially one to six. Um, there's been times where I've had one to six couplets uh, and on the labor floor I've been stretched with two to three patients where we have three two patients delivering and there's really nowhere to go uh, unfortunately the emergency department and the labor and delivery floor are one of the only places in the hospital uh, that you can't control the influx of what comes in so we just never know what's going to happen on those floors so we'll see where that's going. So that started this morning. So there's uh, three locations in the Bronx where they're on strike. And I'm uh, there's a fourth that will be at 7 p.m. in Manhattan tonight. So we'll see where that goes. And once again, I mean, here's another industry of people being exploited. The stuff they're asking for, they shouldn't have to ask for. Yeah. Hey, have have us reasonably staffed so we can stay safe, especially when, when you're a freaking nurse. When you're in the medical field, have adequate staffing issues. You don't want a nurse to be overworked. You don't want a nurse to be tired. You don't want you want a nurse to to be sharp and and to be like yeah. you know like like if they don't sanitize their hands properly at one any given moment they could kill somebody for crying or, out loud or wrong, it, too much of the wrong medication. There's a million things that can go right. wrong if you're not yeah alert. So. It's a very high pressure yeah. job, very very much so. You know, and, and, and it's just, uh, again, like, they're just like, have a staff properly. Give us give us the wages we deserve. It, it's like, right. these are things they shouldn't have to ask for. Just like and, people work in a warehouse shouldn't have to ask right. for proper safety equipment, proper sanitary equipment during a pandemic, no less. Like, these are all things. Give us decent you know, give us a decent retirement. Give us give us a reasonable class size, whatever. Mm -hmm. The list goes on and on of these things that no one should need to ask for. But because this is the slow boil, folks, this is our society crumbling because yeah. it's been low boil for 40 freaking years now. And we're so, at the end. Like, like this, is, end. this is what 40 years of Reaganism gets you. And by the way, it's 40 years and counting. It's not like we're out of it now. We're still in no. it. We just it. elected labor's just rent yeah, rate. but labor's finally awaking again. And wildly, yeah. it costs the hospitals more money to staff up with travel, what they call travel nurses, right? These are emergency nurses that you can bring into the hospital for, um, you know, various reasons. Striking could be one of them, but these nurses are paid more money. They have to go through a staffing agency. So, and by law, they have to have a certain amount of nurses present in that hospital, and they have patients still. So, 
in the short term, this is actually going to cost the hospitals more money if they had agreed to more of these conditions that were being requested. Um, you know, but again, they can't. They they can't see that viewpoint, right? They have such such a myopic viewpoint of of the world. Yeah, and it's a hospital. <laughs> like, like it's a hospital doing this. I mean, it's. I, I hope they get everything they want and then some. And it, I it's mean, they're just, reasonable uh, requests, in my opinion. You know, a lot of the times, you know, a lot of times when you see people going on strike and then you go and you to see what the demands were and that the employers wouldn't make them, you're like, really? Yeah, all the time. I've I've never seen a strike in in recent years where that hasn't been the case. Yeah. Every single strike is just like they shouldn't even have to ask for this. Yeah. They they deserve way more than what they're asking for. Every yeah, every single time. Whether it was the, you know, from John Deere to Kellogg's, everything in between. Hey, we, we don't want to have to work seven days in a row. Hey, we, we, we work on a railroad. We want to have a, a properly staffed train. We don't want to be on call 80 hours a freaking week. We don't want to be on our own during our off time. I mean, it's like a lot of this stuff, you look at it and you're like, holy cow, that was going on? Yeah, it's wow. That's like, happening? So much, I, so much about the railroad road strike was shocking to me, the conditions that these guys are under all the time. And maybe that's part and parcel of the problem. Maybe if these issues had more attention given to them by the media before the strike happens, more uh, of the American public would be aware. You know, the, the court of public opinion would be like, yeah, why are we doing this to begin with? Um, you know, they're, I don't know. I just think labor's awakening in the country. I think more people are joining that movement, understanding why um, union I workers so are too. going on strike, wanting to create unions, you know, Amazon, and Starbucks and whatnot, Trader Joe's now all forming unions for the first time is fantastic news, I think, for the working class across the board. And um, stronger unions, existing unions, that needs to happen too. So we're seeing that happen. That's, I mean, hey, every ying has its yang, right? And, yeah. and that's sort of like <laughs> what's going on here. It's like, yeah, we are in, I mean, we, we are in the just this hyper, like neo-fascistic time the other side of it is labor is rising up more so than we've seen in, in generations, really. And, and it, yeah. it is kind of like the, the glimmer of hope that we have. And folks, you know, we bring this type of content to you and we're able to do it because there are boots on the ground. John Farina was on the ground at this case. But, you know, here at Status Coup, we like to cover labor. This is why yeah. we like to cover labor. We realize how freaking important it is. And these are things the corporate media tries to downplay these stories. Why? Because the corporate media is anti-labor. They are against labor. They are for the advertisers and their owners, and their owners are very powerful corporate entities. So they try to downplay labor issues. They try to minimize it, marginalize it, and then trivialize it. That's the cycle that they go in. Todd Gitlin made that graph years ago. So to really get the story about labor, you got to turn to independent outlets like this. And to give you those stories, we need boots on the ground. So if you are yeah. able, please become a member. Statuscoup.com slash join. For $5 a month, you become a member and you are funding independent journalism. There's members calls. There's all kinds of fun stuff. And again, you are funding independent journalism. It takes a lot of resources to send boots on the ground. And then we take that footage and we compile it into stories and we broadcast it from uh, the studios and elsewhere. That takes a lot of resources. So please, if you are able, statuscoup.com slash join. And Tina needs more tents, folks. The internet gets weird when it rains. Statuscoup.com slash join. 
tense, tense. All right, AOC. Let's talk about AOC. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's. <laughs> yeah. This was kind of a well, strange word salad to me um, watching some of this. Uh, I think, you know, obviously it relates back to what's going on with the Republican Party trying to elect Speaker of the House and having a real problem doing that, apparently. I mean, how many how many rounds have we gone now? I think right it's well, I think it's, it's 15. Right. And he's it it's he's a lot. Good. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, well, I think and we'll it's, be back it's, at it again on Wednesday. So who knows? And it's It'll not be... just that. It's also I think also this is still left over to from the railroad strike. I mean, I, I think this is also left over from the railroad strike. There's just a lot of people now who are being vocal where they're just it's become so apparent that the squad is just not doing what they were elected to do. They're just not freaking doing it. And uh, there's no way you can beat around that anymore. I mean, they, they didn't stand in solidarity with the rail workers. I know people are kind of like, oh, well, technically the union leadership was talking about that. It's like, first of all, yeah. the union workers were not for that at all. So they could have listened to the workers, first of all. Second of all, that's a bunch of nonsense. That makes, that makes no sense. Oh, that the people who wanted to go on strike wanted their elected officials to vote against them being able to strike. They knew what was going to happen with the sick time. So, so right. no, that, that's freaking nonsense. There is no excuse and also there is no there was no excuse for them not to demand uh a vote on medicare for all for from nancy pelosi and not to make any other demands i mean people were like well they should demand other stuff well, they should demand all of it they should have demanded all of it to vote for nancy pelosi they should have said we're not going to vote for you unless you meet this list of demands and this is our list of right. demands. and they should have put a bunch of stuff on it instead they did absolutely nothing they ask for nothing. So now the, the the Freedom Caucus or whatever they're called, they're getting these. The, the, this was mostly I think this was mostly theater because a bunch of their concessions, their quote unquote concessions are mostly yeah. austerity. Republicans right. love austerity anyway. Hell, Democrats love austerity. Right. So you think that wasn't going to be something that happened anyway? Of course it was going to be. Those were their concessions, you know, in, in their little theater act. Yeah, a lot and of it's so, theater. I feel also like most you know, of it is. I think maybe there's a little minute, but for the most part, that's all it is. This is stuff Republicans love to do anyway. Right. You think they were going to say no to austerity? Of course they will. No, of course and, not. And it's these just people, silly. Like, oh, they might do. They're going to cut back what? on defense. Yeah. Like, yeah, that sounds great, but guess what? <laughs> You're, there's no guarantee that will happen. It's just general austerity. So, like, yeah, maybe there's a slim chance. I would say it's about 1%, if I'm being honest. There's a slim chance that they could go something after something like defense. You think the Pentagon's going to let that happen? No. And do you think the Republicans are going to stand up there's to the no Pentagon? There's no chance of that. No, I don't, it, was that even being floated? There's no chance of that. Both parties are, are part and parcel to that. No, I know. It, it was it was something people were grumbling. But but again, it, it was kind of just like, I mean, I it, guess technically that's not impossible. But how likely frickin is that? Very not unlikely. Very. I mean, let's look so, at the I does everybody know who the IDC was in New York? I mean, thank God they've gone by the wayside. But when 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 the Democratic Party aligns with Republicans in some sort of power sharing agreement or power sharing arrangement, the things that come out of that are never progressive. Right. It, if anything, the progressive issues get sidelined time and time again, right? The IDC was is a good case study in, uh, in this. If anybody uh, wants to look into them a little bit more, you can. But basically, you would have, you know, progressive New York uh, senators that would be 
saying on their websites, yes, I'm for universal health care. Yes, I'm for a higher minimum wage. Uh, yes, I'm for the Green New Deal, you know, whatever these issues are. And then every time some progressive legislation would try to get through the state Senate, it wouldn't go anywhere. It would die in committee. It would die in the committee. And part of the parcel to that was the IDC, right? So the Democrats that participated in that power sharing agreement, they're like, okay, we'll just bring it to the com committee and it'll just sit there and it will die. It will never get to the floor for a vote. So it's one thing to say on your website, to say when you're on the campaign trail, to say when you're door knocking, these are the issues I support, this is what I'm going to fight for. But then when you get down to the wire and you're there and this is what you're doing instead, you're letting bills die in committee and whatnot, after a while, the American public doesn't buy it anymore. They, they look at you as the senator that cried uh, wolf. So I think we're seeing some of the same things happen in Congress. With, and so yeah, when they were flowing, so when Congress. they were floating this idea last week of, of, you know, the Democrats creating some sort of power sharing agreement with the Republican Party because of this McKevin McCarthy problem, I was just eye rolling. I was like, yeah, that's not. Yeah, it went nowhere. It's and, not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. A, it's just not. The Republicans aren't going to agree to it. But B, even if it did, how was this a win? So I think people are, are really starting to get frustrated with time and time again. And this is just another, for instance, of it where you see, you know, like you see the Freedom Caucus yeah. withholding their votes and the right. squad wouldn't do this. And every right. single time on every single bill, on every single policy, there's always just enough that right. we lose. There's That's always right. just enough of a split that we lose. And I think people are starting to say, hey, uh, this is ridiculous what's going on here and so so here's what aoc had to say about this right. let's, uh, let's go some to uh, some of the instagram stuff um i see some people say you know dems should uh, negotiate to get concessions we do we do all the time um but what we don't do is bring them publicly in order to empower not just republicans but the fascist flank of the Republican Party. Um, and ironically, a lot of the concessions that Kevin McCarthy, in nature, uh, they're not the same ones, of course, but the nature of some of these concessions actually do overlap with some of the concessions um, that have been the subject of private negotiations on the Democratic side. Uh, we have also negotiated for certain budgetary um, uh, you know, we have negotiated for certain budgetary rules. Uh, we've negotiated uh, for, there have been negotiations around committees, budgetary rules, um, and other, and very similar kind of scopes and areas. But we do that prior to getting to the floor vote. Um, not only that, but when people say Dem should do this, there's also a very critical uh, question of just basic math. The House Freedom Caucus comprises of 20, well, we see the holdouts here comprised of 21 members. That is a huge faction of your party to go in to uh, a vote day without negotiating with, without satisfying. And for Republicans to go, for Kevin McCarthy to go into a speakership vote while knowing that he does not have 21 people is almost unthinkable. Um, so the, there's like just the basic math of the issue. Democrats do not have a flank of 21 that would do that. 
Um, now we do have groups of 10, 20, 30 that do negotiate for things, but we do it before the actual floor vote. Um, now, so there's... All right, there's so many things here so that what, I... There's so many things. So first <laughs> so of all, what did, what did they get then? What, what is, she's saying we we negotiate privately. Okay, what did you get? Well, let's start does with she though? Nancy does she Pelosi. Though? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nancy, what did you get? I, I, fill me in. If something happened privately, what did y'all get? Nothing. Name, so here's the something. thing. Here's the thing, Ron, that kills me about this. So she's basically criticizing the Freedom Caucus for withholding their votes. That's basically what she's saying there. Like, that's a lot, a big chunk of people to go to the floor and not know they're going to be in your on your side. Well, isn't that the fucking point? That's why they're doing what they're doing. They know if they withhold their vote, that gives them power. That is the well, point. Yeah, and the whole thing where she's like, it's math, they have like numbers. Look, the Congressional Progressive Caucus, which is a, a joke, the only thing you need to do to join the Progressive Caucus is have progressive car insurance. It's a freaking joke. But <laughs> nonetheless, they're selling us this joke. They're selling us this joke. So guess what? The, the, the Congressional Progressive Caucus has like over 100 people. So that's a big flank. If they were actually what they say they are, I mean, I, I right. it's again, it's a freaking. I think like there, none of them are willing to withhold votes to get what they want. And none of them are even this, progressive. But like, right? But but, if, know, but even the ones that are Ron, there are some in there that are progressive. They're legitimately are. But but for them to, to say, you think none of them are progressive? None of them? Yes. Yes. Are you serious? Yeah, Not I, I, single one? All right, that'll be a conversation for another day too. Um, I, I my point is this: is they're not willing to do what the Freedom Caucus is willing to do, and that's part and parcel to the problem. I think the folks that voted for them want them to do that. They want them to withhold votes unless they get some concessions. Saying that we're negotiating behind the wall before we get to the floor, you just don't know about it, isn't going to cut it at this point. That means at some point you conceded to whatever the party demands were which weren't progressive and that it comes across as you didn't fight for anything, which you probably didn't, let's be honest. Um, you know, we saw it in California when it came to our universal health care bill. They pulled the vote from going to the floor prior prior to that day because they said they didn't have the votes, right? So that's what they were doing. They were negotiating. Yeah, and, and then when you ask the for names, they, they, they won't give them it. to you. But they here's the thing. The difference is this, when they take it to the floor and if somebody was actually willing to go to the mat on this and did that, the voting public would see quite clearly who was behind the bill and who wasn't. And I think that that right. is very important information for voters to have. It well, that's it why we wanted the vote on Medicare for all. I mean, that, that's right. why they were like, let's get the vote on Medicare for all. No, no one thought it was going to win. Of course it wasn't. But right. like you wanted to see like, OK, let's see where the cards lay, because there was a bunch of people that when Trump was in office and they knew there was no chance of Medicare for all happening. Not that there's a chance now, but, you know, like with a Republican in the White House, there's no chance at all. You know, like they were like, oh, yeah, I'm for it. I'm for it. Now Joe Biden's in the White House. Right. He's against Medicare for all, but it's going to make him look bad if he vetoes it. So let's see who's really for it. Let's yeah. see how it really freaking lines right. up. But and this is what they're doing. You know, I mean, in the IDC, it was another example that we just talked about that. This is what they do, right? They're, it, this gives them the cover to say, I'm a progressive. I believe in Medicare for all. I believe in the Green New Deal. I believe in raising the minimum wage. These are my values. This is why you should vote for me. It allows them to continue to keep doing that without ever having to make any movements in that direction whatsoever, right? Because nobody's ever going to know. It's the, this is the, the political party that the Democrats engage in um, constantly, the political theater, theater that they engage, engage in constantly. And it's, this is why voters don't trust the party anymore. 
and have been for oh, yeah. many years and, and, now. For many years now. That people... The reason that this heat is going on AOC and the squad. Um, is because they said the opposite when they ran for office. They, they were going to fight. Opposite. That's right. We're going to fight for you. We're going to, you know, put our foot down. And we're they're going to cause a ruckus. We're going to cause a ruckus. And that's not what's happening. Causing a ruckus to celebrating the quote unity in your party. It's like, well, well, wait a second. You were supposed to cause the good trouble. You were supposed to cause the ruckus right. in the party. And you're not doing that. And again, like, you know, she's using all the like, well, look at the numbers. It's like, yeah, but if you guys don't act as a block, you're not right. using the numbers you do have. We, we get it. There's only six of you. But if you guys acted as a block every single time, right, there'd be <clears throat> concessions. Agree. And, and, and I'm one be. of these people, too. I don't care. I really care so little. And by so little, I mean not at all. I don't care about the aesthetic stuff. I just don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about tweets or Instagram. I really don't care. And if, like, all the aesthetic stuff was, like, like, like friendly, friendly with your colleagues, but yeah. we were getting stuff done politically, I wouldn't right. care. If we were getting concessions and they were acting as a block and they were holding down the line and they were like getting these wins. I, or at least call, trying to get them. Right now it appears they're not even trying to get them. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't care. You can call Nancy Pelosi mama bear until you're blue no matter who in the face. I don't care. I don't care if we're getting those wins. The fact that we're not get every single time we lose by just enough. And if they yeah. would act as a block, it could have gone differently. You know, I, I mean, yeah. so it's like I'm not I mean, sometimes people who won't criticize the squad, they always use they're like, well, there's only six of them. What do you ask? It's just like everything we're asking is within their power. We're not asking them to do anything. No, and outside I do, of their power. Well, I don't I do think, think that AOC can ride a dragon and shoot healthcare no. down in the form of lightning bolts. I'm not asking her to do that. I'm asking no. the squad to work as a block, something they continue to refuse to do. And now. They're freaking celebrating it. They're, and she went from. Yeah, that's you know, exactly another, it. There's another clip in here where she's celebrating the diversity of the Democratic Party, quote unquote. In a way that didn't make any sense. We need to play some of this. This was some so serious word salad. Colin, that was the four minute one. one. Okay, this was some we're not word listening salad. to all of it, but, but <laughs> we'll play part of it. We're not going to listen to the whole thing, but okay. play the whole uh, unity one. I think it I think it might have been two or three. The fourth one was just a minute. So it's either two or three, but it's she talks about unity or, or not unity. She talks diversity. about the, it's the third one. The it's third clip. It's All right. So third long. clip, Colin, just just go ahead and start that. And we'll, uh, we'll um, and secondly, that also speaks to the Republican base. The Republican base is very different than the Democratic base um, in nature, in issue, in parallel, etc. Uh, the Democratic Party is is a very diverse party, whether people like that or not, not just in terms of identity. We are very diverse in terms of identity, but we're also diverse in terms of ideology, we're diverse in terms of age, all of those things. And that diversity means that our democratic base is very diverse in its interests as well. And the democratic base would not sustain this kind of action. Um, so she went from, and this is, so it's almost as if she's following a DNC guidebook on how to break down right. these issues for voters who are not happy. 
because she went from a couple years ago, AOC was saying things like Joe Biden and I shouldn't even be in the same political party, by the way. She's right. right. And she's saying things like there is no left party in the United States. The Democratic Party is not a left party. And now she's saying it's like she's rebranding that now via DNC handbook and using the whole we're a a wide tent. We're a (laughs) big tent. tent. Which, by the way, that's the opposite of what a political party should frickin be. A political party is supposed to have a frame and an ideological framework that they think will make better laws and rules for a society. And you know who they negotiate with? Other frickin' political parties. parties. Yeah. I'm not saying- the And they form a coalition. And they form coalitions. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying they need to be 100% monolithic and everything, of course not. But you shouldn't be some freaking wide. Yeah, yeah, like you shouldn't be like, oh, I think everyone should have health care. Oh, I'm not so sure. Well, we're a wide. Then you don't belong. Yeah, you don't belong in the same party then. I agree. It doesn't make any sense. Bullshit. And so now she's celebrating this when before she knew it was a problem. And this is why people are really freaking fed up. This is why people are fed up. And, you know, it's not I, I mean. I'm sorry. I know that that people, they don't want to admit that the squad is really letting us down because it's like, well, they're the only people who are nice to us. It's like, look, you got to call something what it is. You can't sugarcoat what's going on here. And at the end of the day, it's way easier for them to play it the company way. It's way easier for them career wise. And that's what's happening. So, I mean, I think to an extent it is. Um, I think How is the, it not? Isn't I an think example the fear. No, I'm I'm am saying that I think the fear of of not having any power is really a powerful thing to hold over all of these. We don't have any young... power though. We have no power. Well, but you're never going to have power compared to like the corporate Dems. But what little power you do have is in I think withholding your vote or in demanding certain concessions for that vote. And I think the optics are now that that doesn't happen whatsoever which is problematic. I think her voters would prefer, and, or, and I think this is true of any of the, if the squad members, um, I think they would prefer to like at least see the battle happen, even if you lose, because then they know at least yeah. somebody's fighting for them. But right now, what they hear is somebody saying, we negotiated behind closed doors. And obviously the jaded response, the cynical response to that, and people are cynical for a very good reason, is yeah, sure you did, whatever. You're just as bad as everybody else in Congress. You're a sellout. That should be obvious to her that that's that's what would happen, right? That's that's of course that's what's going to happen. So, if she if her and her friends behaved like the Freedom Caucus, who she's now criticizing, then there might be concessions, right? The fact right. that that we are entering you know 15 rounds of voting here is because they are withholding their votes because they want something for them. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I don't agree, obviously, with these far-right politicians. I don't hold the same politics that they do, but I at least understand that that's a valid tactic to use if you no, want to gain course. power. Uh, so the course. fact, I guess, so the, what I'm getting at is the fact is is, is, is that she's not willing to, AOC is not willing to, a lot of these young progressives aren't willing to do the same thing, and I think it's, I think that is the problem right there. That is the problem. So even if she is trying to negotiate behind closed doors, nobody believes her. Yeah, because I mean, they, I don't believe don't. her. I mean, I'll, I'll straight up say, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not in the room, but I, I don't believe her. I, I don't because. But you see what I'm saying? You would think that they would at least understand that. Like, how does she not see that clear as day? 
So instead of criticizing the Freedom because, Caucus in the way she just did, she should maybe embrace their tactics and try them out and see what that gets her as a progressive sen or a congressperson. Well, of course, but this is nothing she doesn't know. I, I mean, uh, like, 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 of course she knows that. I, I mean, I, I think it's just... I think you don't it's think it's out of, out of, like, I've been beaten down because I'm young and I'm fearful and they have power over me a little bit, or no? I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. Like, some people would argue that a lot of these young Congress folks are just... I'm, I'm sorry. When you are a member of Congress, and by the way, these are Ro Khanna's words. These are not Ron Placone's words. These are Ro Khanna's <laughs> words. Um, when you are a member of Congress, you are in the 1% of the 1% as far as how powerful you are. Yeah. You are one of the most powerful people in the world. That's just a fact. That's a fact. And AOC is a congressperson. And look, she's a very, very instrumental figure in our politics. I think she could very well be president someday. You and do? you know what? If, I think she totally could. Absolutely. You don't think I she don't could? I don't see it. Nope. AOC. I, no I think she definitely could become president someday. Absolutely. Who, who could? It. Who else could? I don't see it. You don't think AOC could ever be president? One of the most popular politicians in the country. You don't think? She, okay. I think she totally could. And and I, I hope that if she ever is, um, she's not. I, I hope she is what we wanted Bernie Sanders to be as president. Oh, should no he have way. been able to be president. <laughs> and, Bro, and not, she's, she's not even close to Bernie. I mean, she has nowhere near the, the strength necessary to be even a third of what Bernie is, in my opinion. I don't see it. She's also. I think she's, I think she's way too much of a pushover. She's also been in the game fifty years less than he has. Fair, but I mean, I guess her, her I think career intuitively, has been fifty years shorter than. Yeah, but Bernie was stronger at at his young ages than she is now. Way stronger. I think Bernie doesn't care as much about you what think the Democratic that when Bernie, Party thinks of him. You think that when Bernie was her age, when Bernie was her age, I think he wasn't even mayor yet. No, he wasn't. I'm saying in his okay. younger years that when he was an early politician, I, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. All right. I'm saying I mean, he's I always been we'll sort see. of a fighter. We'll see. I mean, we'll she see. has. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't disagree. But but what I'm saying is AOC has a lot of power. Would, would you I agree just, that AOC has power? Uh, no, has, I don't think I don't think you don't I think, think she, she has I any think power. She gives she's a member of power. She's a member of her power. Well, she should have that. more power. I agree with that. But, but she has power in the don't... sense that she's in an elite group of, of being in Congress in that sense, yes, but I don't think she's utilizing any power. I think she's a pawn in a game. Well, I think I, if she really yeah. if she really wanted to grasp onto her power, if if Rashida Tlaib or any of these others wanted to do that, it would start with them with being willing to withhold their vote from Mama Bear. They no, would have I to agree. be willing to do that. So right now I don't see it. Okay. I, I mean, I think that she is one of the more prominent figures in American politics. That I, comes I, a lot. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see do, that. You don't. Mm -mm. You do. Who's who's a bigger figure in American politics? I mean, she's among them. Um. I, I mean, seriously, I, I'm curious. Like, who? Are yeah, some... I feel you. Um, I, I, you know, I'd say right now there's think... a lack of leadership on the left side, in my opinion. I don't think there's a deep bench as far as um, okay. up up-and-coming leaders i think there's a real need for that right now on the left side of things um the right side is just in disarray but there are okay. still stronger characters that are willing to take up the mantle for for the folks that you know help hold those ideals um i don't think she's very popular i think the reason people call her as part of the fraud squad is indicative of that i, I mean that might be reflexive of 
you know, I mean, a bubble, because I, I think that I don't think a ton of regular people say stuff like fraud squad. Okay. I really don't. I mean, I, I think a lot right. of the general public, like they really like her. They see her as a figurehead. I all mean, right. I don't see it, but OK. All right. I, I mean, mean, I can see. I guess I can see well, partially I that. Well, I asked a more popular one you weren't able to. I don't think there are popular you know. politicians at this point. I think people hate politicians in general. I think and we I have think... a bizarre celebrity worship of politicians. You do? I, I, I completely disagree. We have people who dress up as a judge for Halloween. And, and I'm not trying to, I, I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect <laughs> the dead here. You know, like, like, do you realize how bizarre that is in the world? Like, do you who realize you how- Who are talking it, about? Dress up like who? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, I, ha I have never seen anybody dressed up by that. Okay, but she's I'm, a judge, okay. not a politician. Well, I think she's more of a I feminist said icon. I said judge. Yeah. Do you realize how bizarre that is <laughs> to the rest of the world? Especially um, since she maybe wasn't yes, really. But she makes more sense insane. to me. It's she's, incredibly bizarre. It is so it, bizarre compared to on. the rest of the for world. Her, hang on. For her generation, she's like a feminist icon. I think that that's what that's about. Not necessarily per se only because she served as a SCOTUS judge, but for for women of her age like she was a feminist icon i mean notorious okay. rgb yeah okay well it's still very bizarre i mean show me another society where, where they have these judges who are quote feminist icons for being moderates i, I mean it's 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 something i it's wouldn't something. call her a moderate i mean i think i think she i think when you're a, a judge especially on, on scotus you should not be importing your personal opinion you should be judging things based on law uh, but, but all I of them do, personal... and that's why she was famous in the first place. All of, all of them do that, though, and that's why she was famous in the first place. And I think it's way worse now than it's ever been. I think before there was a uh, certain there was a certain level of people different. respecting the magnitude of the position once they got into it. So, which is why you would used to see at least not so much now, but we used to be able to see judges crossing over uh, party lines, so to speak. If that you know. If you were uh, nominated by Reagan there or somebody, there should be party lines. So I mean, that's the thing. It's like, okay, yeah, it, it's always going to now, be. But... People have their political biases, but but my thing is this: if you can step into that position and still hold yourself to a higher uh, standard as far as what the magnitude of that job is, that's okay. We can work with that, right? But I think these this new round of nominations that we've seen the last how two, many do you do you think other. Cycles, do you think other politicians have like 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 just like Instagram streams that people love and stuff like that? Like like do you think like like over in the UK like did Boris Johnson have a popular yes. podcast? Yes, he did. What was uh, it? Not a podcast, but yeah, Johnson's but he podcast? has. What was I his know. Instagram stream? He was his... an Instagram dude. Are you, are you? This happens everywhere. What are you talking about? Did he stream oh. a bunch? Did did he have like 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 did does Justin Trudeau have like? A YouTube series. I, I just think we have a bizarre culture. Uh, of, I don't think of, like, it's celebrity different. worship around. I I do think it's it's worse here than other places. I, I really do. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but but I don't. My my point is is that I think that they like AOC and the squad. Either they don't realize the power that they have, which, which I don't know what more they need to see it, or know. like. If they do realize it, they, they just know it's easier to, to just not really rock the boat at all. And, and that's what or this they're comes afraid down to. to. I mean, I think I think they can be easily intimidated, too. I mean, I could be wrong there, but. Well, then they, then they shouldn't have applied for the gig. 
I'm sorry. Like, I, well, I can't sugarcoat this. I can't sugarcoat this. There's a million reasons why I don't run for office, you know? <laughs> and and if one of the reasons that if you're thinking about running for office and right. you want to run on being bringing the ruckus and you want to run on confronting your own party and you're scared to do it, don't freaking run. Because guess what? A lot of people gave money to help make that a reality. A lot of people put a lot of their resources and man hours and, and and all kinds of uh, things that they and these are these are poor, struggling people and they elected you to do a certain thing. So if you were too scared to ever do it, OK, then that's you really do a I, lot of people like I, I can't sugarcoat this. No, I don't disagree with that. But I think some people once in that situation might all of a sudden feel intimidated when they didn't before. Also, I got to say this then part and parcel to the conversation is is part and parcel to the conversation also is is they are now. Uh, a representative for a big swath of people and they should be listening to all of those people in their district whether they agree with them or not so um you know oftentimes they will get email messages from certain constituents on the regular and they listen to those more people should put pressure on their uh, representatives i mean if you don't say anything and they don't hear from you they won't sure. make judgments based on on what what you think because they don't know they're going to make judgments based on the pre predominant amount of emails that they get which is why sometimes email campaigns are very effective that you'll see nonprofits engage in. So I well, mean, there's I think lots she, of things at play. I think I she's know. getting some heat. I, I mean, I think a lot, I think I that these think so, streams but... are in response from that heat. So I, I don't think it's like she's getting a ton of feedback where they're like, yeah, don't, don't, don't fight for anything. We're totally happy. Oh, I'm not saying, like, you know, no, no, no. I mean, so... I'm not saying she's getting people telling her not to fight for things. I'm saying the things that they want her to fight for might be markedly different. Like what? What do you mean, like what? Maybe there are what, people. What are her... they telling her to fight for? I don't know because I don't read her emails. But I'm saying it might all not right. be all of the things that we think she should do. It might be other things as well. I mean, look okay. at Nancy Pelosi's district. We've talked about that. Does Nancy Pelosi represent the majority of Americans in the country? No, she does not. Does she represent the majority of constituents in her district? I would say yes. Mm -hmm. AOC's district's nothing like that, though. No, I'm not and, saying it is, but I'm saying we don't know. I don't know the dynamics of that. I don't think she's anything like Nancy Pelosi, though. I don't. Other than calling her mama bear, I don't. I don't think her politics are the same. No, her politics. <laughs> well, well, at least in words. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Talk is cheap. I, I mean, yeah, yeah like like she, she, she stands for better policies than Nancy Pelosi does, of course. But when she refuses to fight for them time and time again, I mean, you can't help but feel like, well, do you actually stand for this? Or did you just kind of say this to get elected? Yeah, I you don't know? know. I mean, I don't know. Do I'm you... saying there's lots of factors here that I don't know about. I don't know. But I don't think she's one of the most popular politicians in the country. I will say that. I don't think so. I don't know who's. I mean, maybe she's not as popular as I think she is, but who's more i mean bernie is the most popular politician in the country yeah okay we can agree on that one so bernie's the most popular <laughs> well then after by bernie, the way i forgot to mention early speaking of bernie um he had a resolution on brazil when did he have this i forgot to mention this earlier hang on i want it now that we're talking about that in september he had um U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders on Wednesday said he was not able to get a single Senate Republican to support his resolution expressing support for Brazilian democracy in opposition to a military coup, a fact that the Vermont senator laminated as indicative of the state of democracy in the United States. So he was already back in September realizing that Brazil was headed for this coup. I just wanted to. I forgot to mention this earlier.
So, yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I think see. we have one more AOC clip, though, right? One more? There's more we should sit through? All right. Let's play the short one. I mean, I, I just I, – it's so disappointing it t- to see because she yeah. just – this is just complete opposite of everything she said before. I mean, yeah, she it once is. Said, I mean, the you know, criticism I mean, she, of the – She's talking about the importance of Dem unity. She's talking. Meanwhile, before she was saying, hey, it's totally okay to be a one term congressperson if you just go for the mat to what for for what you believe in. Now she's saying like, oh, we got to unite. We got to do this for the party. First, she was saying, oh, Joe Biden and I shouldn't even be in the same party. There is no left party. Now she's saying we're a wide tent. You know, I mean, (laughs) first she was showing up at Nancy Pelosi's office in protest. She used to live stream. The frickin' like her orientation, she live streamed it and was calling out how many lobbyists they were forced to listen to. Now she she's yeah. talking about like oh, which we're not was great by the way. I wish she would do stuff All like that, that again. Stuff was great. That was, yeah, I miss that AOC. I do too. That's the AOC I think that excited a lot of people. Yeah, that's because she AOC was holding power to account. For. Yeah, and that's what yeah I agree with you. I hundred percent. Hundred percent agree with you. So, there. I think I think if she did those did do those things, she would be a more a more popular uh, politician. I agree on that. I don't yeah. disagree on that. All right, should we go One to the super clip. chat or, should we, or we just skip okay. it? it? We should we let well, people what did you vote? Say in it? I forget. Well, <laughs> yeah. play the short one, Colin. Play the fifty <laughs> second. That's the only one we haven't listened to yet. I forget. Like you know, and people say Lauren Boebert has more spine than you. Lauren Boebert won her race by five hundred votes. Lauren Boebert took a Trump plus what, nine district and nearly lost it to an up and coming Democrat as an incumbent member of Congress. Lauren Boebert is dramatically weakened, dramatically weakened. And the people of Colorado nearly sent her packing. If 500 people voted differently that day, this would not be happening right now. And so, um, you know, if you're a Republican, if you're a hard standing Republican, she almost cost you your majority. And if it frankly wasn't for the New York State Democratic Party and the New York State Democratic Party's leadership and the incompetence there, we would be having that gavel right now. If between them and Lauren Boebert, we would be having a Democratic majority at this moment. I'm no fan of Lauren Boebert, but I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. Again, that's a lot different than the whole, hey, it's okay to be a one term. I mean, all it's a lot different. Yeah, thing. I agree with you. But also, I don't think that she's markedly weakened. Okay, granted, we thought she was losing that election. She what, at first appeared she had lost at the night of, uh, but that she made this you know sort of comeback and just barely won this uh, her reelection by five hundred votes. But I don't think that she's markedly weaker for that. A win's a win. I mean, whatever. Win, yeah. I, I don't I honestly don't have the bandwidth to, to be like, oh, how powerful is Lauren Boebert in her district? But like, yeah, I mean, it's like she won. But so. I think she's I think she's missing the point. The The point, the criticism that is being lobbed at AOC or this is they're, they're saying Boebert's more powerful because Boebert's willing to make a stand for the people that do agree with her and the people that support and vote her. Right. Yeah. She's, Boebert's that using is the leverage. Point. That's it's got nothing point. to do. She's using leverage. That's exactly right. It has nothing to do with how close she almost lost her election. At well, all. and and honestly, like that kind of shows. I mean, again, like I'm no Lauren Boebert fan, but like AOC framing it that way, like, well, she barely won. I mean, it's almost just like, okay, so is this just about 
is this just about your career or is this about standing up for that's things how it comes that, across no it comes exactly across as that. like yeah. that it comes across as that where it's just like okay so it's your career first and policy second this is again coming from the person who before said I'll, i'm willing to be a one-term congressperson right. if it means fighting for things so right it's disappointing yeah, it's and it's guess what weird. guys if we don't kind of you know these are supposed to be our allies we're told that the squad they're our allies in government so if we don't hold them to account all we're doing is just grooming the new generation of pelosi's obama's and clinton's that's what we're doing and i don't want a new generation of them i want something better that's what i want i want something better so you know uh let's go to the chat and okay. <laughs> uh and also i'll tell you guys where you can find me i am out on the road January 28th, I will be in Tucson, Arizona. Get your tickets now, Tucson. That's January 28th. That's a stand-up show and the screening of my short film, Loner, the premiere screening. So that's going to be out in the world soon. I'm really excited about it. Uh, February 10th, April 14th, and May 12th, I will be in Los Angeles, California, working on my 2023 hour. I should have more tour dates soon. Oh, and by the way, at the show in San Diego... When I got on stage, somebody gave Status Quo a shout out. <laughs> yeah, so, that's so awesome. There you go. So now the challenge is on. That has to happen every show this yeah. year. So two, All right, LA people. Where are tickets. where are LA people? Come on now. LA Status Cooers, where are you? Tucson. Where are you? You get better. Romplacone.com for tickets and all info. Uh, Tony, what's up, my friend? Hey, Tina and Ron, my favorite duo, Make Monday Good. Aw, thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate that. Uh, Travers Wolf, see out in the UK, man. Under the UN Convention of Human Rights, is KFC considered chemical warfare? <laughs> it should be. It should be. Uh, John Sardina, I want healthcare to be funded by Republicans' generosity. Uh, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's. Well, it's either that or thoughts and prayers. (laughs) It's that or thoughts and prayers. Uh, Christian999, what's up? Thank you so much for the Super Chat contribution. Happy New Year to my status quo family. Wishing you all and our enemies nothing but good things in 2023. We will reign working class people. I'm with you. And Christian, again, AOC is just trying to put in her five years so she can get that $100,000 pension. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Peace. So peace agrees with you here. Uh, okay. she, AOC is not as popular as you think she is, Ron. AOC has next to no chance to be POTUS. Maybe not, but again, like, who's Who more, does? I can't think Right now, I mean, there's like, there's nobody. I don't. Th- there is a rudderless political system in the United States right now. I there's agree a with giant that. power gap, a giant power vacuum. Who knows what's going to fill it? I just think she still has, like, an iconic type thing. And, and it's like I that. think she would if she utilized her leverage and power more. I think she's not doing that. No, I, oh, I agree. Clips we play, which is making her weaker, not more powerful, even though she's apparently thinks the opposite, which is. I don't disagree me. with that. I, I completely did. I completely agree with you there. I, I just think it's still I mean, there's kind of an Obamification of it all. You know, no, I, I mean, yeah. think about like where he started. And then, I mean, he did absolutely nothing, but it didn't go away. So it's like, I could totally see the same thing happen to her. In which case, yes, I think she could totally be. She's not the orator that he is, though. She, she, she's, she's, if she was giving these amazing speeches and was able to like sort of, uh, you know, impress people in the way that Obama. She's yeah, but still she just young. her word I mean, salad like, speeches. I go back to her her uh, the Israel Palestine one. It was such she, she a doesn't have word the, salad. <laughs> she doesn't have the oratory skills quite at his level. Uh, Obama was a very very talented orator. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's, you, you can't dispute that. He the would guy grasp people. I mean, I remember, you know, <clears throat> when I was covering his campaign, he would, I would watch and people would just be like completely sucked up. Every word. They were hanging on every word because uh, yeah, I do word. that, you know, cool <laughs> as a cucumber. It's what I do. And, and, and he, I mean, dude, like the guy just like had a coffee in his hand, set it down, drained a three-pointer, walked away. I mean, yeah, like, like he's smooth. <laughs> But, you know, smooth Reagan. He was smooth Reagan. Now we have Rip Van Winkle Reagan. Oh, he's not as bad as Reagan. I hate Reagan. How is he different? Oh, my God. Let's have that conversation a different he, day. He is he definitely different. He called himself different. Reagan. He, he described himself as a Reagan Republican. not a Reagan Republican. No. All right. You'll have to tell me one policy where he's different. I think he's center one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you serious? How's, Just how's one? He, how is he different? He described himself as a moderate Republican. How is he different? I, okay, than but I don't think Reagan's a moderate Republican. I guess that's where my disconnect is. I think I think Obama. Well, I don't think there's right. any such thing as a, a moderate Republican. I'm just quoting Obama. O Obama <laughs> is is a right wing. I mean, dude. He's he center right. His policy is center right. I agree with you. Um, his economics. That's all being general. I mean, it's like he he was the same on war. He is against universal health care. He, I mean, he gave us Mitt Romney's health care plan. Okay, but so, I mean, wait, I, hang I on, hang on. Yeah, I agree with you there, but I don't think he was, the Obamacare was Mitt Romney's health care program. Not it was gonna literally Mitt Romney's health care Not going to dispute that, but yeah. I think that he did support universal health care at one time, but that that's a, this is a conversation for another day. So, I don't so think he he's said something, that, there's quotes of Reagan saying everyone should have health care. I, I mean, I mean, quotes are pretty cheap. Not universal health care. It doesn't he matter. He said everyone sh should have health care. I mean, there, yeah, as long as they're willing to pay for it, and not said, private. No, no, no. no. There's quotes about universal health care that could be like linked to Nixon and Reagan. That's why everyone's like, holy cow. Like, look how far to the right we've come, because they even they used to bullshit about this stuff because they did. They didn't mean it. It wasn't sincere. But even they would give it lip service. So if Obama did, too, at that, the same time, they're calling it socialized medicine. Yeah, they, sure. they didn't mean they didn't mean the same thing, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it's like I mean, <laughs> so I mean, if you're saying like Obama maybe like had more uh, friendly rhetoric, okay. No, I'll I'm give not saying that. that at all. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying these are different things. That's like arguing so about access to health care versus uh, having a robust Medicare that's for all exactly system. That's exactly what They're Obama not the same. gave us. They're That's exactly same. what Obama gave. Exactly. And he gave us the same. I understand that. That doesn't mean that he doesn't want this other thing over here, though. And it doesn't mean that Reagan ever wanted this thing over here. I'm saying those are all different it things. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. Okay. That, how? <laughs> how? How? Because one guy, are you serious? One guy yes, is I saying. Yes, I am serious. Because we don't have universal health care. How, how, how are you going to tell the thousands of people that die because we don't have a universal health care system. How are you going to tell some of those people who can't afford their medicine? Hey, I think at one point this other guy kind of wanted it. Because though. those two things are related, Ron. Yes, I'm they just, are. No, they're you're, not. You're saying, oh, he's all right. Yeah. I, uh, some of the you'll have to give me a, a difference one of these days. Other than I think Obama might have wanted something nice once. That's OK, maybe he did. Really not what I'm saying, but OK. Then I, I don't know what you're saying then. Because, I mean, that's pretty much what you said. You, you said, like, I think Obama wanted that at one point, though. Reagan never did. Okay, well, it didn't materialize into anything. No, so what's the difference? Ron, you're saying, you're telling me that Reagan one time supported universal health care. I did was, not say that. I said he gave that. I said he gave it lip service. That was what I said. He, I, he didn't even do that, though. I yes, mean, what? what... All right. Here. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. I'll Google right now. No. Uh, no, no, no. All right, let's uh, finish the super chats. Real quick, while you're doing that, I'll yeah. come in here <laughs> and say Jordan went to give an update that we'll be doing um, a fundraising drive on Saturday, January 28th, and Sunday, January okay. 29th, from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern, both days. Jordan will be hosting with a bunch of special guests both days. We'll update you guys throughout the month on who the guests will be and stuff like that, but something to mark in your guys' calendars. Okay. Um, and also, uh, Jordan had popped this story uh, that just broke uh, of, uh, oh, where'd the description go? Classified documents were found in Biden's post-vice president's uh, private office, and it's being referred to the Justice Department. Wait, whoa, it's, whoa, what? What's happening? This breaking right now? Yeah, he had just sent it to me now. Can we scroll down through some of that? Colin, Classified. I can't see it. Can you read that, Ron? Uh, several classified documents from President Joe Biden's time as vice president were discovered last fall in a private office. The National Archives has referred the matter to the Justice Department for further investigation. Biden's wow. lawyers found the government materials in November while closing out a Washington, D.C.-based office that Biden used as part of his relationship with the University of Pennsylvania, where he was, oh, God. Holy where he shit. was an honorary professor? Oh, oh that's so oh, that... offensive. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. Anyway, fewer than a dozen classified documents were found at Biden's office. The source said it's unclear what the documents pertain to or why they were taken to Biden's private office. Federal office holders are required by law to relinquish official documents and classified records when their government service wow. ends. Wait. Yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes. That's well, not good. well, huh? Okay. All right. So anyway, Peace Robert, we'll get back to the chat here. Peace Robert okay. uh, is saying that AOC is not as popular. <laughs> uh, she may be, but again, who is? Uh, Tony Dallas, what's up? How come what's the up? squad can't explain to the public what what they need to insulate themselves from the coercion of the establishment? The public is with them. Good point, Tony. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, no, I'm with you too. The only thing that I could rationalize was, was was that was my point of saying that if people aren't emailing her and telling her what they want and she's only hearing from this other side, the more corporate side Dems that are saying, no, we want this instead. I mean, that could affect the way she decides thing. I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm being charitable to reasons why that could be uh, because it doesn't make sense. She's literally just giving up her power. If she, if all of her people are behind her and they're telling her we're behind you, this is what we want you to do. It doesn't make sense that she wouldn't leverage that. Mm -hmm. uh, Des Bush Fleisch, I'm for an annual left driving license for left politicians. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Teresa273, thank you so much for the super sticker. Much appreciated. Uh, Nikki O'Brien, what's up? Maybe four-year terms for all. Why six for Senate, but only two for House of Representatives? Seems like enough time to focus on re-election, good intentions or not. That's a good point, Nikki. I, you. you know what, Nikki? I agree with you 100%. Two is too short because all everybody does is campaign. They spend the entire time, even the two years, years they're, instead of doing people's business, they're perpetually campaigning. Uh, yeah. And six is too long. I think, I think, I think we should good. just make it four and then abolish the Senate. That's what I think we should do. Just, just abolish because I think the Senate's pointless. There's no reason for it to exist. So just I knock out we, the Senate. I, I, I know. I want the Senate. No way. You like the Senate too? You, you think it's, you think it's fair that like some people their vote matters more than others because there's like a total 
disproportional representation. It's disproportional in the House of Representatives, too. And if, if they were will, I'll tell you this, if they were willing to actually reapportion the House of Representatives to have it fit population, which means California would get way more representatives than what we have now, we'll right. have that conversation. Mm -hmm. But the Senate, like, it's great. We should just leave it the way it is. No, we should abolish the filibuster. We should get rid of the Senate. Why, why, <laughs> why, why go halfway? Go all the way. Go all the way. No, because Abolish I like the, the Senate. Senate. No, I don't Why? want what do you because like then you end it? up nothing but gerrymandered districts. Like there's a whole We have it, that anyway. We have we, that anyway. We, we don't have that with already. the Senate. Not with the Senate. You can't the gerrymander Senate's the Senate. The Senate's even worse though because it's I like don't people, agree with you. It's not it's just worse. Just what, so I, I, it, it, it a, a Congress thing. that is only gerrymandered Senate or uh, congressional districts, I think is is worse on its own without we already to balance it. We already yes, but we have, have a, and the Senate. <laughs> we have balance the, because the Senate can. No, we don't, though. The Senate's completely do. imbalanced. Just, it's completely no, imbalanced no. because it's it, it's based on population, not at all. Like, Which like is it, good. I mean, you think a gerrymandered district is is no gerrymandered? There shouldn't it's, be gerrymandered. It should just be straight that? up. I'm but saying it's that it's not straight Senate, up. It's not straight up. The Senate I is straight up because everybody in the state votes. But but the Senate is totally disproportioned to the population because like you get the same because amount of Senate. Because there's two per each. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yes. We can change that so, if you want to add three to more populous. When are they going to do that? Go That's not going to happen. Just it's abolish it. No, absolutely not. Outlaw gerrymandering. Abolish the Senate. There's no, no reason for it. it. It's just it's just more you... <laughs> bureaucratic bullshit. I don't agree with you. I think it's just it just sucks. It's the Senate. Like there's like they. Uh, I mean, there's a couple good people to say. I mean, you got Bernie, but like, we'd be better off if we had a true. I mean, I think we'd be better off just abolishing the whole thing and having a people's legislature. I think it'd be there's no way it'd be worse than what we have now. It'd be a train wreck, which would be better than what we have now. But like, um, but I, I say like, why even have the Senate? Like, why just get rid of it? But you're right. I mean, you'd have to get rid of gerrymandering, too. You'd need. Both. Yeah. I mean, a, a gerrymandered Congress on its own is, is way worse to me. Would you would you be for abolishing the Senate if we got rid of gerrymandering? May, I, I could be convinced, perhaps. Yes, I would be. more oh, open to all it. All right. All right. <laughs> That's fair. I can accept that. I can okay. accept like. All right. If we can gerrymander free, just the house. gerrymandered districts in a Congress is just frightful to me. I mean, you have you literally have states where the popular vote goes to the Democratic Party and the vast majority of the seats are going to the Republican Party. There's something really wrong with that. To me, that's I, not I, better. I, I'm with you. That's I mean, not... I, I don't. Okay. I, well, I guess it's not fair to say better. Like, 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 but it's just, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're both completely they both undemocratic in their own ways. Like, I they're the opposite to... of democratic in their own ways. We need to get rid of the filibuster, too. I do. I think well, that's, yeah, I'm that, should, that, be that rather... should be a controversial thing to get rid of, but it, somehow no, it is. No, that should be a no-brainer. <laughs> but but I, I say just get rid of the whole thing. But, but yeah, I, I think it should be... Yeah, two years, you're, you're just always campaigning. Because we're always, always campaigning. campaigning always we're doing always fundraising and campaigning, campaigning, and you're not working on the people's business. I, they I need agree. to have time limits. We need to do what they do. I think, it should be time limits. Yeah, but two is too short. It's too short. And no, I mean a, time limits on campaign seasons and stuff. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. Do, like, like okay. It needs to be like two weeks. It needs to be like, okay, for two Wouldn't weeks, that be we're going to deliberate this. That'd be great. I think in other countries, it's like six at max in some cases. So, But but for us, it's yeah. just it's just un ongoing. It's constant. It never ends. So, Nikki, I'm with you. 
Uh, yeah, so thank you, Tony. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Peace Robert Walker. Thank you, Tony Dallas. Thank you, Despos Fleisch. Thank you, Teresa273. And thank you, Nikki O'Brien. Thank you guys so much for we your super We got a super sticker, too. We did get a super sticker. That yes. was from uh, Teresa. Cobb fan. Oh. Teresa. Oh, wait, we got another one. Cobb oh, never mind. Fan. Okay. Cobb fan. We got a, oh, we got one from Australia. Yeah. We got an Australian super sticker. Thank you, Cobb fan. And thank you for tuning in. I think it's really there early. We go. It uh, is. Where, what time is it in Australia right now? I think it's really it's early. So thank hours? you. Thank you for working on that time zone. They're in the future. I know that. <laughs> Australia's in the future. Um, but they're like really far in the future. So, uh, yeah, people are bringing up stuff like public financing and whatnot, too. Yes, exactly. Get oh, rid of Jerry. Yeah, I agree. Get public rid of financing only. Yeah. Public financing, money out of politics, uh, limits on the campaign season itself, four year for the House, no gerrymandering. Then I say, once you get all that, get rid of the Senate. We don't need it anymore. <laughs> get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Or make it proportional to population. But they don't like, even do that with the House of the, the Congress now isn't is supposed to be that and it's not. I mean, if, I know if, I'm saying fix do you, that. Do you, do you know the reason that is, is because they don't want to give, you know, the quote unquote liberal blue states any more seats in Congress than they already have. It, right. It's very disproportionate it. now based on population. They they haven't added seats when they should have been adding seats all along. Well, and that's why they do what they do in the Senate, too. Like they but it's like the the truth of the matter is like. It should be based on the population. It should be based on people who live in a frickin' place. Yeah. Like, like, why does what? Like, like, land isn't capable of having rational thoughts about politics. I don't know. It's not grass can't do that. Bro, have you met most people? The land. Sand. Might... <laughs> uh. Anyway, so yeah, Bad joke. I hear you. All right. Thank you guys anyway. so much. Thank you for being here. I'll be back tomorrow, and of course, you can check out all my tour dates at romplacone.com. And, uh, yeah, I think we covered it. And this I'll see everybody is, uh, on Thursday, back on Thursday. Yeah, thank you again, Nikki, Teresa, Desbush Fleisch, Tony Dallas, Peace, Robert Walker, Kristen, Tony D, and uh, what was our last one? We got a Cobb fan. A Cobb fan. Cobb fan from Australia. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you tomorrow. Tina will see you Thursday. Yep, see you Thursday. And, uh, that is Koo signing out.